You're listening to Sire Radio with me, Andrew David. It's that brilliant time of the week when we throw caution to the wind and we see whether all the apparatus here in, in rural Lincolnshire will make its way electronically all the way across the sea or whichever way it's going via satellite or whatever, bouncing across the United States and ending up in the man cave at Woodland Hills. So hopefully I say, welcome, Bruce K. Rosenblum. Are you there? Bruce K. Rosenblum is here. He's raring to go. He's in uh, really good spirits this morning and uh, can't wait to chat about uh, things and solve all the world's problems with you today. Well, th that's excellent. Um, we started our pre-chat by talking about how you're uh, coping with, you know, the, the twinges you're getting from your knees. And we can't actually now, because of legal reasons in this country, talk about the medication that you are taking. I think it's fair enough to say you are now sampling medication which is legally allowed in California and many other states in the United States, which is actually a class something drug here in the UK. But it is helping you. Yes. And so uh, am I not allowed to say it? Or No, you, 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 can, you can say you're taking a chewable gummy thing, but that's flavoured. <laughs> I'm taking a chewable gummy thing with uh, an oil from uh, a product that in many places um, isn't legal, but in California it is. And it can be used for medicinal purposes. Go on. Actually, my surgeon recommended it, but, you know, I don't like putting a lot of stuff in my, you know, I don't like better if I can do it. Uh, but anyway, my, my friend who's a former Dodger player, his wife had the knee replacement surgery three months before me. So she's four months in now I'm one month in. And we compare notes all the time. And it's actually nice, really great to have a support group like that because she can, you know, say, oh yeah, that pain you're feeling is normal and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting up at two, three in the morning every morning and I can't get back to sleep because it's just can't find a comfortable position to get in. She says, well, she says, you got to, well, don't, she says, don't take the oxycodone. Don't take those, those opiates. You know, I don't want to see you getting hooked on that stuff. It's not good. It's not good. It's not good. I said, well, you know, okay, what do you recommend? And she says, well, I've been taking these, these gummies, these chewable gummies. And I, and she's 70 years old, by the way. And I, I said, so are you serious? And she said, yeah. She said, and it works. And it, it, trust me, she said, you know, because I'll bring you over a batch. I just went over there and picked up a whole bunch. I'll bring you a box. And here's how you, you take one and you do it and it'll make you feel great. I had a friend that, that I recommended it to because she was, she had the surgery. She was getting up every morning, like at two in the morning and screaming. And, and, you know, and the thought, and the thought of that just made me laugh. Like you imagine just picturing in your head, someone just popping up out of bed screaming for no reason. And I said, I said, come on, this is like, this is like ridiculous. So she said, no, 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 trust me. It'll be fine stuff off to the house and I tried it um, two nights ago and I didn't realize but when you take it it takes about two hours to get into your system before you start feeling anything and it's it's a different feeling than if you ever tried uh, the illegal products <laughs> so, you know, the sensation you get you know you get like lunchies and you get you know giddy and you know whatever but that's not how it works with this it just just kind of makes you calm and, and less anxious and, and kind of, you know, helps you kind of doze off and fall into a deep sleep. So I did that, but I took it at nine o'clock. And by the time it kicked in, it was 11. And then it lasted for about three hours. So I found myself up at three o'clock in the morning again, not being able to get back to sleep. <laughs> and I had no residual effects or anything from it. It, you know, it was okay. And I, so I felt a little bit you know, less nervous about it. 
So um, yesterday morning we had an issue where you know, Jackie was in the hospital last week. She's fighting a, about a um, systemic colitis. It was really bad. And yesterday she had a very bad, bad case, which led me to have to take her to the emergency hospital where she spent all day yesterday and all night. And they're running all sorts of tests to try to figure out what the heck's going on with her because she's had these stomach issues now for a couple of weeks. And um, so I was home alone last night. So I, I, you know, I get all comfortable and, you know, and, and again, you know, I'm starting to doze off around nine o'clock. So I, I did it again. I took, I took one at nine and around 11 o'clock, you know, 12 o'clock, I felt it was starting to kick in. And um, I start, I, I, I doze off and I'm in a deep sleep. And then all of a sudden around two o'clock, I heard, I could have swear I heard my son yelling at me from the kitchen. <laughs> my son will go, he'll yell, Bruce, you know, to get my attention because I'm, I'm always distracted. I heard him yell, Bruce, from the kitchen. And I shot up at two in the morning and I went, what? <laughs> and I realized I had become that person that woke up screaming. So I, I, I got it. <laughs> That's it. So, so I called Jackie first thing this morning and told her. I bet that made her feel better. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, what is going on? She leaves you alone for, for one night. Duke, is, is Duke safe? Is he okay? <laughs> well, well let, let's move the conversation on a bit. And okay. please, please do take our very best to Jackie when you see her later today. Because uh, I know she's having one of those procedures that I've had quite a few times. And let's hope it all gets sorted out. But let's talk about other drugs. And of course, uh, Pfizer jabs. You and Jackie have been able to have your booster jab. But Pfizer are also uh, trying to get it available for, is it 5 to 11-year-olds? Yeah, so there's two things going on. Uh, the, the first thing is that um, Pfizer and, uh, and the, um, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration um, granted uh, authorization for a booster dose of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine in people 65 and older who are at higher risk of severe, of severe disease or people whose jobs put them at risk of infection. But we got it a couple of days really before, I mean, they were talking about it, said that if you're 65, they recommended you go get it. So we went online to our local pharmacy and they had it and we signed up and we got the booster with no problem. I mean, it was, it was easy to get a pick a time and Know, and there was nobody in the in the pharmacy you know, weren't like breaking down the doors to get it. So we each got our shot. Our friends of ours went and got theirs. They formalized the fact that for people 65 and older now, they, they're suggesting the booster. So so we'll do that. And then we'll ultimately get our flu shots probably in, in October or, or early November uh, on top of that. But yeah, so that so that you know, it felt good to get that. But this time around on the third one, we did have some uh, uh, we had some, uh, you know, some effects from it, side effects from it. Um, Jackie got a little nauseous from it and, and, and was, a little, was tired and woozy most of the day. I was sore. I was a little, little tired, um, had a, 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 mild, a mild headache. Uh, but by late afternoon, it had all passed. And by, the, by evening, um, I, I was fine and ready to go. So, so nothing, uh, nothing really uh, terrible with, with, with the booster shot. It felt good. But now Pfizer, Pfizer seems to be the leader in this from the very get-go. Um, Pfizer's announced that their lower dose COVID vaccine was found to be safe, generated a robust antibody response in children five to 11, which is, which is great news. And it's about a dose of about a third as much as an adult dose. Um, 
So there's a couple things that have to happen now before you know, they can get these shots into kids' arms. And if they do, it'll probably be, you know, probably, I would say if they get this all done, probably more towards the end of the year, which isn't that far away, but four things have to happen. Pfizer needs to request FDA authorization for this new age group, which I think they already have. And then the FDA would need to amend the vaccine's emergency use, use authorization to include younger people. After that, the CDC would have to weigh in with their thoughts. And then finally, once it's all, once it's all given the green light, uh, a rollout, uh, rollout logistics would need to be addressed, including like how to tackle vaccine hesitancy among parents, which seems to be you know, these anti-vaxxers and these people that are afraid to put vaccines in their kids' arms. Um, they would have to overcome that hurdle. But I think I think most parents are resigned to the fact that, you know, let's let's get these shots. Well, they're seeing that most people are not having any adverse effects of these shots. Let's get them in kids' arms so they can, you know, feel good about them going back to school and being safe. I think everybody wants. So let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, that we can make that breakthrough and get kids vaccinated and you know, really start to, to hammer away at this. But it looks like our, our two countries are actually in in step with each other because um, they're rolling out the flu jab uh, in the United Kingdom. Both Debbie and I have signed up for them uh, and we're getting them uh, in the next couple of weeks. And in fact, there's a slightly different dose for under 65 as there are for over 65s. Um, and they're also really thinking strongly about in, introducing vaccinations for children as against teenagers, which they've already done. So um, it looks like they're trying to control things, but we've we've still got a high level of infection rate in this country and a relatively high death rate. And the universities are now going back, as you'd say, colleges. And the worry is that that's going to really jumpstart something over the next couple of weeks and into October. So they haven't ruled out bringing back uh, some sort of uh, control measures. Is Is the same happening in the U.S.? I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. I don't know that we're on, we're, we're at that point. Right, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay. You cut out. So I didn't, I didn't. No, no, no. I, I was just, I was just waiting for your, your words of wisdom. So you think, you think the states are happy with where they're going and there's no, no likelihood of restrictions because of course you've just opened the door for us to be able yeah. to fly in from uh, November onwards. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say that the U S is talking about lifting restrictions from, from, from the EU countries, but, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, California is showing significantly lower cases now. We're, we're, we're coming down, so we're, we're doing okay here. I think a lot of states, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of um, ill feelings towards a lot of these states that, you know, we're, we're kind of hindering the process of getting vaccines, and we're kind of, you know, you know still taking this pandemic lightly. But look at Florida. I mean, the state of Florida, the state of Texas, are, are, their two governors have done the worst job at doing everything of getting in the way of Biden's, you know, plans to, to get the vaccines out and get them in people's arms anywhere, you know, they, 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 can, they can find people that need shots to get them. And these governors have just put so many roadblocks up and have, you know, been, been they've been anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers. And it's just, it's just, you know, you know, the problems that states are having are pretty much created by their own ignorance and their own, you know, in the, in the politicization of the issue, which is which is a real shame because you know, when you have a pandemic and it's something that affects everybody in the, the world, and yet you've got people, you know, making it a political football and using it for their own personal personal gain or, or, or credit or whatever you want to 
or whatever they're, they're trying to, to do with it. And it's, and it's just a shame because the states that have kind of followed along with you know, the guidelines, the mask mandates and everything are the ones that are doing the best right now. And it's the other ones where the, the majority of the populations are not vaccinated or have you know, anti-mask or whatever their, whatever their feelings are. You know, the, the people that are fighting for their own personal freedoms the ones that are getting nailed with this 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 deadly variant and are ended up you know taking up all the hospital space right now. So it's you know, it's a tough situation. I mean, it yeah. really is. And then, of course, you've been playing host to uh, quite a few world leaders, including our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. There's been a big event at the United Nations, but it's been overshadowed by a little trouble um, with uh, President Macron and submarines and Australia. How's that playing out and how's that played out in the well, U.S.? You know, if you've got a lot of blowback, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of um, those around Macron were, were you know, very vocal in their um, their feelings about how this came down, and those feelings were not uh, not good feelings. They 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 really felt betrayed, and they and they felt uh, they expressed a lot of anger at the United States. You know, uh, again, another distraction that Joe Biden needs is to have uh, you know trying to repair relations on the world stage and to have France be angry at you. That's not a good thing. But apparently, from what I've read and what I've heard so far, is that Macron in his um, his feelings about what happened. Um, where others were a little bit, you know, around him were expressing more loud dissatisfaction. But apparently there was a phone call yesterday um, with Biden and Macron. And I think that they kind of all came to agreement that the talks could have been a little bit more transparent. And, um, but it seems like, it seems like they're, they're, they've, they've kind of all gotten back on the same page now. And hopefully this is something that um, we can we can move on from. Hopefully that, that whatever discussions they had satisfactory to both France and the United States and the UK. Now you've got quite a, an issue, or at least President Biden does, with various things which are distracting in all sorts of directions. There's a, there's a big issue at the border which we'll come to, but we've also got the the infrastructure bill which is still trying to get through and you've got a debt ceiling and a budget bill and all the all the, that sort of stuff going on it must be a really difficult time for your president yeah it really is i mean democrats are nervous about the expected republican pushback in the senate over the debt ceiling and instead of you know facing up to gop resistance leading up to the mid october deadline you now democrats are considering lengthy laborious legislative methods to pass a measure to raise or suspend the debt ceiling without Republican help. <clears throat> and um, if the U.S. were to default, the government would have limited spending, and that would spell real consequences for millions of Americans. It'll impact Social Security payments and child tax credits and food stamp recipients. And, you know, uh, it, it could set off a recession that could wipe out millions of jobs and erase about $15 trillion household wealth i mean so yeah this debt ceiling thing is nothing to be taken lightly um and the warnings about what happens if we can't get something done is um you know it's gonna you know i don't know you know what the what the political game here is but you would think that both parties would want to work towards you know making you know the lives of the of its, its citizens a little bit easier instead of you know creating again another political football which could end up hurting millions and millions of people. So it's just, you know, it's just another thing that we have to deal with. There's also a policing bill that, you know, that 
remember the whole George Floyd, all the marches and all the defund the police and all this stuff. And they said that they're going to put a bill into the Congress and they're going to amend um, the way the police police. Well, the bipartisan effort to move forward with federal police reform legislation has ended without a deal for a number of different reasons. Talks broke down. And I guess all those all those promises of police reform have just gone into the proverbial loo. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, so it may, it may, it may take um, executive action on the, on the part of Joe Biden to, to put some reforms into, into action because the bipartisan effort couldn't get it done. You know, and it's a shame. Again, it's another, all those people that marched and took a risk with their health during a pandemic <clears throat> uh, to try to make, you know, try to you know make things better and how police police their their communities um you know, went nowhere you know it's a, and again typical of, of all the the politics in the washington gridlock nothing gets done and again with the infrastructure bill now i mean republicans are leery more spending um you know you know biden's in the you know again he's, he's out there in the middle of this of this of this storm with all these different factions and all the parties. And um, it's like, you know, again, everybody, you know, is looking for their own self-interest in this and rather than, you know, compromising and doing what's, what's good for the country. And it's, you know, all these things, you know, and that, and then, and then of course, you know, I know we're going to talk about the border a little bit, but again, it just, it just adds to all the distractions, it adds to all the chaos. And it just, it just serves to, you know, to, to become, things that get politicized when they really shouldn't because now these are all things that people should be working together with just for the good of humanity. Absolutely. And, and, talk, and talking about humanity, let's move on because I'm watching the time carefully and I know you've got a lot of things to do today, uh, particularly to go and see how Jackie is. You, the, the border has be, yet again thrown up another issue because this time um, it's somewhat being overwhelmed by people from Haiti. Yeah, and there's there's kind of a couple things going on there. I mean, the crush of immigrants along the border continues to persist. I mean, at one point they said that there was about fourteen thousand at the border down there, which has been the border has been closed, and there 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 fourteen thousand people waiting in the in the river with all that muck and mud and the heat and the mm. squalor, and it's a very it's going to create a, a humanitarian issue. It's going to create you know a, a medical medical issues. A medical crisis down there, um, you know, getting all these people taken care of. They're trying to fly them back or deport them back, but you know, that's not really doing much. I guess the uh, the liaison to Haiti, the U.S. liaison to Haiti, resigned today, saying that you know, sending these people back and all the things they're trying to do aren't aren't working. Uh, although the number from fourteen thousand apparently is, is is starting to come down a little bit, but I mean, in, in it it's crazy, you know, but. Um, to see photos of these refugees arriving in Del Rio, Texas, on this on these dangerous and desperate journeys that they're on, in, into these encampments that are just in muddy water and causing health situation, is really it's heartbreaking. But but there's two things going on there. One, a lot of them they say are coming because of the earthquake and the assassination of the president there, and they're coming to look for a better life, which I get. But there's thousands of them that are that are coming from um other countries and and making the journey of thousands of miles which makes you wonder 
in order to, to, to take a journey of thousands of miles to get to that US border, that takes money, that takes resources. And where are all these people getting those, that money and that, and that funding and those resources to get there in the first place? So it's like, it's like yeah, there's some, there's some of it's legitimate that people that are looking for a better life, other, you know, others, it's very suspicious why they're there and how they're getting there. <clears throat> and I think that has to be investigated and, and, and um, vetted out because it's, it doesn't make sense. But there was a thought yesterday on one of the talk shows I was listening to said, look, you know, this, this, is, this is a situation that was created by a, a loophole that Donald Trump found to, to shut down those borders and keep these people out. And then Biden's getting some, some blowback because he hasn't done anything to reverse that policy. He's kind of kept it in place. And 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 help you know, you know, make, you know, make this situation worse. So he's getting some some blame for that. But but it's really it's 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 not really Biden didn't create this. And it, it's the border or the issues at our borders have been around for a long time. You know, other presidents have never been able to solve it. But somebody suggested now that Biden missed an opportunity at the UN to talk about this and make it more of a global problem than just a U.S. problem. Yes, sir. These people are coming from all these different countries, and how they're getting here and why they're coming here is, you know, is is a big question. But you know, the, the global community should step in to help with humanitarian aid and, and finding places, you know, for these people to to go other than crossing into the U.S. You know, and um, you know, again, that's you know, unfortunately, another distraction and another issue for Biden. You know, who made it clear that when he became president, his first goal was to get the economy back on track and to get rid of the, to get rid of the virus. And, and he's, he's for the most part, he's, he's done that, you know, he's followed the science, he's put excellent distribution um, chains in place for people to be able to get the vaccines. He's doing all that. Um, but, you know, doing a better job in, 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 in other areas. Yeah. But, you know, the job that he's doing, and, and, you know, quite honestly, you know, coming from my, my kind of liberal Democrat point of view, is that whatever he's doing, when I get up each morning, it's a breath of fresh air and not to have to, you know, hear, you know, read tweets and hear all sorts of the nonsense that was going on in the previous administration. So, you know, um, you know, I'm, I haven't, you know, fully cast, you know, my feelings about the job that Biden's doing. I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Not, he's not even been in office for a year yet. No, quite. And he's had all these things. I mean, you know, it's, it's like the perfect storm of everything that could go wrong has been going wrong and he's been trying to navigate through it. And it's, you know, it's, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy when, you know, you've got your, your political foes doing everything in their power to, to put a roadblock in front of you and you've got, you know, nothing you do on the world stage you try to end the war on the one hand, which people thought, you know, 80% of the people in this country thought was great, but then, you know, get blowback for, for all the, the things that happen. There's no good way to end a war, but that's what happens. Let's move. Andrew, you know that our world is a much more complicated place than ever oh, yeah. before. Oh, yeah. And, so and, and gets more and more complicated by the day. Um, crucially aware we're coming up to our, 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 our junction. Let's just finish off with the Dodgers. Is there any good news to end on? 
or is it going to be the Giants this year? Uh, it looks like the San Francisco Giants are the, are the team to beat. I mean, they've had a heck of a run. You can't deny that. The Dodgers are, you know, they, they've had injuries. They've had um, lack of execution in, in how they play their game uh, versus how they've done it in years past. They've still managed to have the second best record in baseball, which is kind of mind-boggling how they got there because <laughs> you know, it's, it's every game is torture with them. But um, they had, with nine games to go, they're two, day, two games behind the Giants for the, for the lead in the Western uh, division out here. Um, you know, the best I think we can hope for is that somehow they end up in a tie and they have a one-game playoff to see who wins the division and then who has to do the play-in game. But in my mind, I'm, I'm already of the mindset that the Dodgers are not going to win the West. They just don't have, they just don't have it this year. They're going to, they're going to be the wild card for sure. So they're going to be in a one game play in good news is they get to play at a Dodger stadium. Bad news is that their execution has been bad. The teams that they could possibly play are all teams that are really heating up right now. They're playing very, very well. So the Dodgers could surprise and get in. They could, they could, which would, you know, Make a lot of people happy, but um, we could be in for a rude awakening if uh, if everything doesn't go just if the stars don't line up and everything just goes according. Well, we we want your stars to line up now, Bruce, because so, you've got to go off to your do your bit of physio. You've got to do this, that, and the other. But most importantly, you've got to go and see Jackie after she's had her uh, her, her procedure. Can we wish you all the best and everybody from Siren take very best and powerful get better wishes not just to you with your knee which seems to be doing well with those uh, interesting gummies you're on but particularly for jackie uh, not much fun being stuck in hospital so thank you very much bruce for being with us take care and uh, speak to you not next week where we've got a hiatus week next week but we will be back in a fortnight sounds great i look forward to it everybody stay safe and healthy and i look forward to hearing from you in two weeks andrew